High school sports season means lots of travel and lots of wear and tear on your vehicle. And if you don't have your car or truck well maintained, you need an unexpected roadside breakdown on your way to the big game. That's why you need to get your vehicle into Becker Auto Repair and Performance in Centralia. The highly trusted staff at Becker Auto Repair will check your vehicle over to make sure you are ready for those long nights. Does your car, truck, or van need tires? Becker's does that too. You can buy the size you need and have them mounted on site. Becker's has everything to get your vehicle in top shape. Call Becker Auto Repair and Performance at 785-857-3215. That's 785-857-3215. Becker Auto Repair and Performance in Centralia, proud sponsor of Centralia Panther Athletics on the TVL Spotlight. Those early morning summer weight sessions, those grueling practices, the long bus rides to quads and tries against some of Northeast Kansas' top teams. And for three Twin Valley League squads, it all came down to this weekend. State volleyball in Emporia and Dodge City. For Donovan West, Valley Heights, and the Hanover Lady Wildcats, it was go time. The intensity had never been higher. For one, it was the first time at state. For another, a three-peat was on the line. And for the Valley Heights Mustangs, visions of a Crystal Gordon-led 1992 Mustang team hoisting a trophy for the purple and white again. Hello and welcome into the TVL Spotlight Postseason Volleyball Special. Brought to you today by the Hanover Hospital. Jane Elaine Boutique, and KNDY Radio. Let's start with that Valley Heights team. 25-13 on the season, the Lady Mustangs were assigned the seventh seed and a match with the Smith Center Lady Red to begin. Despite an ace serve to start the match for Valley Heights, Smith Center would get out to an early 7-2 lead thanks to five straight points. The Lady Mustangs took a timeout and boy, oh boy, was there a reason that Smith Center is one of the most feared programs in the state. They took a 14-4 lead before Heights made a run late, but the deficit was just too great, and Valley Heights would drop set one 25-12. It was a 7-0 run and a 5-0 run for Smith Center in set one that was really the difference in this one. In the second. Teams would go back and forth, Smith Center holding a one-point lead the majority of the set. Then the Lady Red closed the match with a 7-0 run once again, and Valley Heights fell in their first match of the day, 25-12 and 25-17. Next up for the Mustangs, it was Inman High. Tied early at 6, it was the play at the net from players like Mia Vermetten and Maggie Turber that kept Valley Heights in this one. But behind talented freshman Sutton Harris, Inman would earn the first set 25-17. In the second, Valley Heights would battle back with leads at 6-5 and 12-11. But six straight points from Inman mid-set would eventually drop Valley Heights in number two. And in straight sets, 25-17 and 25-18, knocking the Mustangs down to 0-2 on the day. Finally, in the final game of pool play, Valley Heights took on Garden Plain. 
Heights held Garden Plain at arm's length throughout set one, getting the victory 25-18. Garden Plain came out like a completely different team in set two, causing so many uncharacteristic errors from Valley Heights, and they would get the set 25-12 to set up a dramatic third. In that third, the two teams would swap point for point, with neither team really earning a commanding lead. In fact, it got to a point where a 20-17 Valley Heights lead almost felt insurmountable. They would double that lead from 3-6, to six, running away with set 3, 25-19, and earning the match 17-25, 25-18, and 25-19. While it wasn't a deep tournament run for Valley Heights, there were definitely excellent moments, and the way they finished in the tough final match Mustang fans have plenty to be proud of, and there is no doubt Valley Heights will be back on this level in the coming years once again. Congratulations to the Lady Mustangs on a great 2022 season. I can't wait to see what this team has in the future because it is going to be a big-time factor in the TVL in the coming years. Let's take a break on our look around the state volleyball tournaments. When we come back, we will move to the defending champions, the Hanover Lady Wildcats, as they were in action in Emporia, and the fireworks were aplenty for Melissa Holly's team. The Cats were looking to make it a three-peat. Could they do it? Find out after this. You're listening to the TVL Spotlight State Volleyball Special. In sports, injuries happen. That's why the Hanover Wildcats are happy to have the Hanover Hospital as their local source for quality health care. Hanover Hospital prides themselves on providing state-of-the-art health care for every member of the family. Just a short trip from home with a friendly and local staff who care for their patients. Visit their website at HanoverHospitalKS.org or come see them at 205 South Hanover Street. The Hanover Hospital, proud sponsor of Wildcat Athletics on the TVL Spotlight. And now a word from the guys at 785 Sports. What's up, guys? This is Carson from 785 Sports. You guys might have seen us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go hit the follow button. We're almost at 3,000 followers on Instagram, growing rapidly every day. But we just wanted to let you guys know that the much-anticipated podcast is making a return. Interviews from your favorite athletes in the 785 area. So make sure to tune in on that. That'll be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you, guys. Welcome back. We'll come back to Dodge in a bit, but let's head over to Emporia for the Class 1A D2 State Championship featuring the Hanover Lady Wildcats. Hanover, of course, the two-time defending state champions, so no stranger to the big strange were Melissa Holly's cats. Before most fans were even settled into their seats, Hanover scored the first four points of the match. And that was just the beginning in this one, enforcing their opponents in four or five bad decisions early on. It was an ace from Macy Holly that put the exclamation point on set one against Coldwater, and it would put Hanover up 20 to 6 on their way to a 25 to 7 victory. Much the same in set two of the opening match, Hanover started out with multiple point lead, and all of a sudden they were up almost double digits at 12-4. Hollywood once again hit back-to-back aces, the third and fourth of the set for her, 
and Coldwater needed a timeout down 19-7. Set two would end with a Keegan Atkins spike that may or may not have put a hole in the court at ESU. And Hanover defeated Coldwater 25-7, 25-10. It was a great start for the Lady Wildcats. After a bit of a break, the clock struck noon, and it was back to the court to take on Wheatland Grinnell. Grinnell proved to be a little bit more of a test for Hanover, even pushing them to an extra point in set two. The usual fast start came for Hanover up four to nothing, and I'd love to give you the play-by-play of this match, but the Cats were making such quick work of Wheatland Grinnell that it was impossible to jot things down. Once we reached the first timeout of the match, the scoreboard read 15-3, to and my notes here literally say, Hanover doing Hanover things. There were Keegan Atkins spikes. There were some really good blocking at the net. And overall, just some incredible Wildcat play. One thing I do recall from this one was the emergence of a name I hadn't been able to call earlier in the day. Junior Cadence Shoddy. Shoddy, who finished with 346 assists on the season, was putting up some incredible sets for the power hitters, and adding dig after dig, playing her role in exactly the way I'm sure Coach Melissa Holly would hope on this day. A member of the class of 2024, the Wildcats get to keep Shotty for one more year, and I can guarantee we will be hearing much more out of her in her senior season. Back to the game now, Hanover took set one 25-7, but as I said, the Cats would have a little bit more of a struggle in set two. Give Wheeland Grinnell credit. They shook off the pounding that they took in the early going and looked like a completely different team in the second set. They held leads of 5-1 and 12-6. They would eventually reach the 20-point mark first, leading by four. Hanover narrowed the gap to just one at 23-22, and despite trailing early, and while it would take a 26th point, Hanover would somehow still come out victorious 26-24, winning the match 25-17 and 26-24 to move to 2-0 on the day. The Lady Wildcats would once again get a bit of a break before a 3 p.m. matchup with Attica. In their third and final match of Friday's action, surprise, surprise, Hanover took a big early lead once again, this time at 9-3. Atkins and Holly had a pair of big spikes on the back row that will haunt the Lady Titans for years to come. Also, shout out to senior Rihanna Renson, who was another one of the unsung heroes of this tournament. Defensively, Renson was good in this match and in key spots throughout the entire day. And Hanover would take the first set, 25-15. Set two was much more of a chess match, with several long volleys between the teams, with both teams showing patience and trying to play mistake-free, knowing the importance of this set. Hanover held a 7-5 lead, and then something sparked the Cats to go on a quick run, and Attica had to use their first timeout, trailing 12-7. Coming out of the timeout, I expected a little bit more energy, and maybe even for Attica to make a little bit of a run themselves. In fact, it was the complete opposite. I'm curious to find out from Coach Holly later this week what was said during that specific timeout. Was it an intense talk? Did she try to keep her team loose? I look to speak with all three of these coaches in the coming days, and we'll get to that as soon as I can. 
But again, after that timeout, Hanover came out and scored eight or nine straight points and would run away with this match, 25-15 and 25-9. I wrote something in my notes that I still find funny several days later. The word bulletproof. Obviously not literally, and pretty hyperbolic, quite honestly. But Hanover looked as close to untouchable as they could after this match. A superb day on Thursday put Hanover in the semifinals and placed them in the top four of state no matter what happened the rest of the way. But you knew Hanover wouldn't settle for just top four. They were looking for their best and nothing less. Their opponent in the semis came in the form of Beloit St. John's. A 31-7 team on the year and just one seed below Hanover in this one. PSJ gave the Lady Wildcats a taste of their own medicine to start out pitching a shutout in the first few rallies and getting out to a lead. Unfortunately for them, that lead only got out to three before Keegan Adkins met a ball at the net and spiked it back with authority to make it 3-1 to one and end the little mini run for the Blue Jays. Anna Juneman earned her first kill of the set, and Macy Holly came up with a giant block at the net and it looked like Hanover was starting to settle in a bit. Hanover would tie it at six, and that's when somebody hit the self-implode button for BSJ. Three or four unforced errors would put Hanover in the driver's seat in this one, but it was a play by Anna Juneman that may not make a lot of highlight reels, but it was pivotal to this match. Already down 19-11, Beloit made one last-ditch effort to get back in, Juneman made a terrific dig on a play that I thought was going to drop. And on the return, BSJ got into the net, and Hanover would go up 20-11 and essentially end this one with Hanover taking it 25-15. In the second, it was the defense of Hanover that proved to be the biggest factor. Led by five early blocks by Macy Holly, Hanover would shut down BSJ to get to a 10-point lead. Holly would add a sixth kill as Hanover would get out to their biggest lead of the night at, to that point at 20-9. They would eventually balloon that lead to the final score of 25-10, advancing to the championship 25-15 and 25-10. Now, those who hadn't peaked a little bit farther down the bracket didn't realize this, and those who hadn't been following the Wildcat program long didn't know it, but awaiting Hanover in the 2022 state championship was the exact same opponent from the 2021 state championship, the Lebo Wolves. It was the rematch. It was the grudge match. It was the chance for redemption for the Wolves and the chance at history for the Wildcats. At that point, both teams' hearts had just been flying out of their chest. Their legs tired, and I'm sure their minds just absolutely beat to a pulp. But you knew as a fan, they were competitors, and they were going to give every last ounce that they could to finish off this season. Once again, Hanover got out to an early lead in the championship, but this time by the slimmest of margins at only 5-4. That lead would quickly disappear, and four unanswered Lebo points later, Coach Hawley would use a timeout down 8-5. Out of the timeout, Shotty once again had a big assist, getting Hanover a much-needed point to narrow the gap again. 
As I said, though, this match wasn't going to be who the most athletic team was, which coach was the better X's and O's, or that old cliche, who wanted it more. This championship was specifically going to be determined by science. Who physically had enough left in their body to cross that proverbial finish line? Hanover started to look a little bit heavy leg during this match. Now, please don't take that as an insult. Wildcat players that may be listening, please don't take that as an insult. As I said, the human body can only do so much. And it does what it wants to do after so long. And before you knew it, Hanover was down 21-9 in the first set, eventually falling 25-13. Set 2 featured ties at 1, 5, and 7 before Hanover could grab hold with a rally capped off by a Tabin Stahlbomber serve that put Hanover up 12-8. It would get as close as 16-15 and 20-19, but in the end, Hanover would earn set 2 25-21. I mean, how else could this end? Like something out of the movies, two of the best teams in the state in a rematch, and it's now do or die? Hollywood couldn't have scripted this better. Early in set three, Hanover would overmatch Lebo and force many missed returns. Add in a block at the net by Macy Holly that stopped what could have been a tying point for Lebo, and instead it was a two-point lead early for the Cats. Hanover would maintain that lead, even pushing it to four and then five at 16 to 11. Before a Lebo timeout, in my opinion, which my opinion in a buck will get you a cup of coffee. But in my opinion, Hanover didn't need to be overly aggressive, but instead play to just hang on. Hanover would reach the 20 point mark first, but for the second straight match, only by a single point. The teams would flip flop leads. Then at 23-all, Hanover was able to get a block, but it fell on their side to make it 24-23 Lebo. In match point, Lebo delivered a serve to the back row, which was dug out by Juniman once again and quickly returned. But on the second attempt, despite a diving attempt by Hanover, the ball would fall to the ground and Lebo began to celebrate. Hanover fell just short in their bid to repeat, dropping the match 13-25, 25-21, and 23-25. The Wildcats finished 36-6 on the season, once again dominating for most of the year. And wow, when you step back and look at what an incredible season this was, and what an incredible stretch that this Hanover team has had over the past few years, hats off to these young ladies. Just an absolutely incredible experience they have had over the past few years. Congratulations to them. You know, and I don't have a crystal ball, but this really has all the makings of a team that is going to be a problem for not only the TVL, but 1A Volleyball next year. Congratulations on an amazing season to the Hanover Lady Wildcats, and I can't wait to see what 2023 brings. Our last stop on the tour this year it's actually back to where we started, but with a different tournament this time at the 1A Division One tournament and the D-West Lady Mustangs. And quite honestly, we may have saved the best story for last. 
Andrea Keller's squad entered uncharted territories in this one. A team on the rise for the past couple of years, they hadn't reached the big dance in volleyball quite yet. 33-5 and on the season, Donovan West deserved to be on the big stage. There was no doubt about it, and early on, they proved that. Up first for the Mustangs were three-seed Pretty Prairie. Six-seed D. West would go point for point with their opponent and battle the entire way, and eventually outlasting them in set one, 25-19. After trailing early in set two, the Mustangs would earn four straight points thanks to some strong defensive play by multiple Mustangs. Avery Weathersby made her impact fell early with a strong kill to make it 10-8. It would remain a two-point spread for the majority of the set until a service error by Pretty Prairie gave D. West the 18-15 lead. On a day where it seemed like a three-point lead felt like a giant mountain to climb against a speedy and athletic Donovan West team, and in the end it was too much for Pretty Prairie, as D. West would win 25-19 and 25-20. Next up, they would take on Sylvan Lucas. Donovan West did a great job being aggressive near the net, holding a two-point edge for the entirety of this match. Melina Wettstein was really good in this contest for Coach Keller with a pair of kills and moving fast around the court to provide a big asset for the Lady Mustangs. It looked like D. West may coast again in this match, but Sylvan had none of it, earning four of the last five points in the match and coming from behind 25-23 to get a set one win. Set two was a near deadlock once again. It was four all. 7-5, and after a big play by Avery Weathersby at the net to block a spike attempt, Donovan West would take a 14-12 lead. They would eventually get it to a three-point lead until set point leading 24-21. Sylvan would earn one back in the second set point, but tip back over the net would fall aimlessly to the ground, and set two went to Donovan West 25-22 and tied the match at a set apiece. The Mustangs exploded out of the gate in set three, at one point leading 8-3. Sylvan would bounce back with a big run of their own, with a 10-0 run to make it 13-8. Then D. West threw the final punch in this one in the form of a 15-1 streak, making it 23-14 and finishing it 25-17, and taking the match 23-25, 25-22, and 25-17 to move to Friday's play. But first we had to complete seeding. With a win against St. Francis, D. West would take the one seed, with a loss, taking the two. West would drop in a pair of early aces and reach double digits with relative ease up 10-6, to six, and the Saints would need a timeout. The entire Donovan West bench stood up at that time, almost in unison with fist pumps, knowing it was within their fingertips. St. Francis would provide a scare taking control of the lead with five consecutive points, earning a lead just before the 20-point mark. Claire Cole would put in an ace to tie the match at 21, and from there it was all Mustangs as they would finish it off 25-21. The Mustangs would leave nothing to doubt in set two, leading by as many as seven, but it was the final point of the set that showed just how badly D. West wanted this. Avery Weathersby made a play on the ball that, quite honestly, she had no business in getting to 
for an awesome dig and sending it back over and catching St. Francis flat-footed, ending the set 25-17, and your Mustangs would enter Saturday's play as the top seed for bracket play. The team that was the sixth seed was now tops on the leaderboard. Now, before we get to Saturday's action, we need to discuss something pretty cool that I'm sure some of you have already heard of, but a story that bears repeating because of just how unique it is. Mustangs Claire Cole and Bell Smith, both big parts of the Donovan West volleyball team, but maybe even bigger parts of the Donovan West cross-country team. That team was also competing at their respective state championship. That's right, Cole and Smith were members of not one, but two state championship teams. This presented quite the quandary for those girls. A race in Wamigo and volleyball 246 miles away on the same day. Basically, it was going to be, do they race or do they appear at state volleyball? A tough decision for a high school student and one that they didn't have to make. Thanks to some somewhat fortunate scheduling and the quick thinking and all-out generosity of three gentlemen, Scott and Glenn Heinen of Heinen Brothers Agriculture and Jim Uselton, a pilot in the area. Cole and Smith were able to fly to Wamigo, compete in cross-country, in which, by the way, Claire finished in eighth place in her final opportunity as a senior. We'll get to those cross-country results later today. They flew from Wamigo after the race back to Dodge City in time to play in the semis for the Mustangs. Just an incredible story. And again, I'm going to give you those names, and I want you to remember those names. Scott and Glenn Heinen and Jim Uselton, all obviously big-time Donovan West fans and fantastic, fantastic individuals. Thank you so much for making that possible. Those three, wow, very, very cool. In the semis, they would face Flint Hills. The West got out to a quick 4-3 lead and looked crisp early on. They would trade points for a few minutes until a 6-2 run by D. West, led by some strong defensive play, including a block by Avery Weathersby, in which I wrote down, Weathersby equals Matumbo. Now, some of you will understand that reference. Some of you go to YouTube. At 10 to 5, Flint Hills would need a timeout. But much like I mentioned earlier with that Hanover team, Donovan West head coach Andrea Keller is terrific in timeouts. She urged her players on, and they would boost a 10 to 5 lead into a 15 to 5 lead, including a point from one Claire Cole. D. West would take a 20 to 12 lead, and from then it was all academic. They took set one 25-17, with the final blow coming on a kill by Melina Wettstein. Flint Hills played with a little bit more of a sense of urgency in set two. Sometimes that pays off, sometimes it doesn't. On this night, however, it did, as they were able to hold off Donovan West for the majority of the set, with leads at 5-3, 11-9, and 20-17, amongst others. Flint Hills controlled the pace much better here in set two and would take the set 25-22. We headed to a third set tied at one all. 
In set three, Flint Hills opened with a pair of stuffs at the net to give themselves an early 2-0 lead. But then they served directly into the net on point three to narrow it to a one-point game. Moments later, Donovan West would tie it at four, and then five, and then six. Then D. West would go on a dominating run, scoring five straight points to go up 12-9. They would maintain that three-point lead for a few moments until Flint Hills, behind some incredible athletic plays from their back row, would narrow the lead to just one point, prompting Coach Keller to call a timeout. Flint Hills would tie it at 19 before going on a short run and forcing Donovan West into some bad serves and miscommunication, which would spell doom for the Mustangs as they would fall in the third set and the match 25-17, 22-25, and 22-25. Donovan West would battle back and take third place in the tournament, something that Coach Keller can be extremely proud of, coming from a sixth seed to take home third. Congratulations to the Mustangs, and congratulations to all the teams at State this year. Valley Heights, Hanover, and Donovan West all had terrific seasons and will no doubt have that extra edge and hunger to get back in 2023. I look forward to next volleyball season tremendously. That's going to do it for this trip around the state. Again, congratulations to all three teams, their coaching staffs, administration, and everyone involved with the teams from parents to apparently pilots that made this season possible. Thank you to all of the coaches who made coverage of the volleyball season for me possible, and thank you to all of the great sponsors who made my in-person coverage of events even possible. I'll be back later today to discuss the rest of the weekend in sports. The football boys were back at it in week nine, and we still have cross-country to discuss as well. We will get to the runners in a little bit. Check back for that later today. As for now, Jeff Ford signing off. Again, congratulations on a terrific volleyball season, not just to those three teams, to all 13 in the league. It was a fantastic 2022 volleyball season, one that was up in the air for so long, with multiple teams fighting for that top spot. 2022 in the TVL volleyball scene might have been one of the best of all time. Now we'll see you back in those same gyms in a few weeks as we start basketball. Again, I will be back later today to take a look at your football scores as well as your cross-country state results and then get you prepped for what we have coming up this week. Until then, Jeff Ford signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you to all my sponsors. We'll see you later today with a brand new edition of the TVL Spotlight.